Hello and welcome to the Mike Dominic Show. I am, as always, Mike Dominic. Today is March the 9th. It's a Monday. It's uh, hope you don't have a case of the Mondays. So I have a really cool interview today. I literally just got off the line with Cassidy James, over uh, co-founder over at Elementary OS. Elementary, if you don't know, and we do go into it pretty much in detail, is a Linux distribution. It's really, I got to say, one of the best looking kind of uh, one of my favorites in terms of user experience out there. They have something called uh, App Center, which I'm not going to spoil the show, but there's some pretty cool things going on there in terms of opportunities for independent software developers to actually, you know, distribute their apps right on Linux and simplify that process. And frankly, hopefully make some money, right? It's, you know, being an independent developer is hard enough. I can definitely testify to that fact. And yeah, if anything that can help is great. I think this is some pretty good stuff. I would encourage you to check out Cassidy and Elementary OS. If you are Linux curious, let's say you're on a Mac or a Windows and you've thought about trying Linux, Elementary is a really a great place to start. It's a good user experience. The App Center really makes installing software easy. You don't really need to know really any command line stuff. It's definitely, uh, definitely a great system to think about. As always, the show is brought to you by The Mad Botter Inc., which is my consulting company. We are a software development shop. If you need any software written in either Ruby, Python, .NET, or for mobile, let us know. We have some availability coming up here in April. So thank you for listening, and I'll get right to the chase. Here's Cassidy. Enjoy. Hello, Cassidy James. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. How's it over in Denver? You know, it's actually, it's been really warm this week. It's uh, been in like the 60s, 70s Fahrenheit, so pretty good. Looking wow. good for our sprint coming up this next week. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah, so um, for those who don't know, Cassidy James, you're the uh, you're like the UX czar over at Elementary OS. Is that fair? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. So I think my official title is uh, CXO, which is Chief Experience Officer. But I'm a UX architect. I help design things. Um, I'm also one of the co-founders of the company, so I help run things as well. Awesome. So for my listeners who don't know, believe it or not, we do have some Windows people that listen. It's surprising. Nothing wrong um, with that. Nothing wrong, right? Different strokes for different folks. What is Elementary OS, just like at a high level? Yeah, so it's a, a Linux-based operating system, which is, you know, people have a lot of preconceived notions about what Linux is, I think. So I usually don't even mention Linux. It's an operating system. It's fast. It's free. It's open. And we consider it a full alternative to Mac OS and Windows. Okay, cool. So it's a distro. What makes it you know, we had a uh, Carl Richel from System76 on, which I believe you used to work at, if I'm not mistaken. I did, mistaken. yeah. We have met in Denver. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what makes it different from like an Ubuntu or a Pop? Where is it in that spectrum? Sure. So it is Ubuntu-based at the core. Okay. So um, the repositories under the hood, the kernel, all the really low-level stuff that a user doesn't really look at or care about, that's all Ubuntu underneath. But everything that the user uh, sees and interacts with has been designed and developed by our team. So we're not using something like Gnome Shell, like uh, Ubuntu and Pop! OS are using. We do build on a lot of the same technologies under the hood, but we've actually designed our whole desktop experience, the desktop environment, the applications, um, and they've all been designed and developed together using the same you know, language and toolkits so that they, they really are a cohesive experience. And that's kind of our whole thing. It's a cohesive, well-designed experience. Awesome. And that would be the Pantheon desktop environment. And for the language, is it, uh, it's valid, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. 
So you have something pretty cool, and I think you hinted at it uh, with your sprint coming up, going on in a few weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we just finished crowdfunding for a, uh, we're calling App Center for Everyone Sprint. So um, over at Indiegogo, we raised $19,000. We blew past our goal in the first like four days. Nice. (laughs) Which was awesome. Our goal is we're getting people together, just like a handful of people, six, seven people flying out here in person for one week to work on the next phase of App Center. And App Center is our, uh, it's a pay what you want open source app store for indie developers. So it's the app store on our on our operating system, but we work directly with developers to get their apps into the App Center and they can monetize them with a pay what you want model. So they can say, I think my app is worth $2, so that'll be the default price. But when you go to download it, you can actually say, yeah, I think it's actually worth four or five dollars, or I actually think it's worth one dollar, or I actually can't pay right now, so I'm gonna pass, you know, not not pay right now, and then later I might be able to pay. So it's this really interesting model that we've tried with the operating system itself that we've now brought to the app store. The next phase for the sprint is basically making that those apps that are in App Center for Elementary OS available to anybody on any Linux-based operating system as long as they're running Flatpak. Um, Flatpak, okay. Yes, yeah. So I guess the next logical question is, what the hell is Flatpak? So Flatpak, you just start diving in real deep when you get into these conversations, but it's cool. <laughs> Flatpak is this really cool technology that the open source desktop world right now is is really working on. Um, there's people from GNOME and Red Hat and KDE, okay. Elementary, and other projects that are all working on Flatpak. It's a packaging format at its core. but it's So a, similar to a Snap almost. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, that was a very similar idea. They actually both were inspired by the same idea at the same conference like a decade ago or something. Oh, wow. Um, and they both were kind of being worked on in parallel. And, and you know, like we like to do in the open source world, of course, there's two standards now. But Flatpak is the one we've chosen. Um, we think it most closely aligns with our technology stack and with our goals. A really cool thing about it. So it's a containerized packaging format, meaning it's like a sand- sandboxed apps. So when you have an app that's in a Flatpak, it can be containerized. It can't access the other apps on your system. It can't access it can't access the other other data on your system without your permission. It can't access things like your location or your your camera devices without your permission. And so that's it's a huge step for privacy on the Linux desktop. It's something we really haven't been able to do well before. In kind of the old world of packaging, we kind of just assumed that all apps were fully trusted. You know, they were coming right. from your distribution. They'd been looked at by uh, the people who are packaging up your apps, and we considered them to be trusted. But our users are expecting apps to come from third-party developers themselves. And so they might not actually trust a developer even if they want to use their software. They might trust the developer you know, for the software itself, but they don't trust the developer with the root access to their whole machine, and they shouldn't. Right, and there's also the case, of course, of maybe not malice, but... You know, I'm a developer. I write desktop apps all the time. I often make mistakes. We call them bugs. And every once in a while, something happens, right? Yeah. And you want to keep those things contained, whether it's, yeah, intentional or unintentional. You want to keep those things contained to the application itself and not let it leak out into other other places on your computer. So Flatpak is a containerized packaging format that enables that. Another really cool thing about it is it's decentralized by its core. So there's no one central master Flatpak uh, repository of apps. Interesting. There's, it's a technology. It's agnostic to app stores. It's agnostic to desktop technologies. It doesn't have to be GTK apps. It doesn't have to be KDE apps. Like it's just a it's just a layer in between. It's a decentralized layer. 
Now, a lot of the people who are working on GNOME and Flatpak itself are excited about a project called FlatHub, which is kind of the de, f- de facto store for right. apps on Flatpak. But what's cool is we can actually have App Center be a Flatpak store as well. So the idea there is no matter what Linux-based Flatpak OS you're using, you'll be able to add the App Center remote and get apps from App Center and still be able to do the pay what you want purchase for them. Will you get the user interface as well, the, the actual App Center application or? So that's not the plan right now because it would be kind of weird to have two app stores on your computer. Like, right. um, but there is kind of, there's a piece that is currently part of the App Center app that will be moving out into what's called a uh, an authenticator, a Flatpak authenticator. So when you add a Flatpak remote is basically like, Think of, you know, a Debian repository or so like a PPA almost PPA. like a medic. Yeah, except, you know, with PPAs, even you had a PPA, you're giving root access to whoever maintains that PPA, which is so, why they're bad. Right, exactly. But yeah, it's similar in function in what people actually want a PPA to be, which is it's a place that holds software. So is the end experience like let's just take me as the easiest example possible since I'm right here. So I'm running my uh, Pop OS, right? It has its own app store, which I actually right. think is like doesn't it use your packaging convention elementary dot i think it's i don't know you can, yeah, you can it's, it's yeah. a fork of uh the elementary app center basically yeah we worked with uh, the pop os folks a little okay. bit on that yep so if i add the app center um uh, flat remote mm-hmm. will applications from the app center now appear in that interface exactly because we're using okay. all standardized technologies and these are technologies that um, gnome software and kde discover and other app stores are already using AppStream data, which is like the metadata about apps. So the title, the description, the screenshots, everything, that's all standardized and we're using that. And that comes from the Flatpak remote as well. And then the way that, since we're using Flatpak, as long as the store itself supports Flatpak in some fashion, um, they'll show up alongside all your other apps. And so GNOME Software, KDE Discover, PopShop, and Elementary OS App Center will all, you can add add that remote and then it'll show up alongside your system apps, your third-party apps. Interesting. So this might be a dumb question, but I know there's a couple Fedora listeners. Yeah. Is this, so that's fine. So it doesn't need to be Ubuntu based. Correct. Because Flatpak is agnostic to the underlying operating system. And then, so the cool part of the pay what you want part, if you add this remote to a Fedora system running GNOME software, uh, when you go, you know, you'll browse and you'll see some App Center apps. You want one, you click on install and it'll come up and it'll come up with a payment dialogue. It'll say, hey, this app is available for pay what you want. Here's a suggested price. Would you like to pay for it? Um, and you can choose a price or you can enter zero or whatever. And then that will talk to basically our authentication server somewhere. And then they can download it. Here you go. So you don't actually have to be running the App Center app itself to do the pay what you want payments oh, very because cool. of, and that's, that's the Flatpak authenticator. So there's this new part of Flatpak that was recently developed. We were, we talked with the folks developing Flatpak and, and they got really good feedback from us. And we kind of decided on how this would work. When you add the app center Flatpak remote, it'll also like Flatpak will download a Flatpak of the authenticator. So the authenticator itself is a Flatpak app. It's Flatpakception. Yeah, basically. I know it gets confusing when you talk about it, but it's like, it makes sense, but it's really cool. So that means we can write a GTK app that looks great on elementary OS that feels like a native dialogue in App Center as part of our authenticator. But even if you're on a KDE distro, you'll get that same dialogue when you go to pay for something. So it's really cool. So 
I guess the next logical question was, we talked about Valve very briefly, which I'd love to ask you more about in a bit, but you might not know this. I used to have a desktop Linux app that I sold. Nice. Um, but one of the reasons that I no longer sell it is the support cost of helping people install it, making sure they had the dependencies. Yeah. No, we're going back several years, right? So like Snapped wasn't a thing, right? Flatpak right. wasn't a thing. Right. was pretty hard, but you mentioned briefly in your intro that Flatpaks are effectively containerized. When I you do a lot of Docker, doesn't that mean I can also just in the container put all my dependencies and yay? Yes. So if you wanted to, you could do that. There is also a convention called Flatpak SDKs. There's two terms and I, I get them mixed up. But basically you can target a Flatpak SDK. For apps designed specifically for App Center for elementary OS, we'll recommend or require, we're not exactly sure exactly how that'll work, but we'll basically recommend that developers target the elementary SDK. Sure. So that means that SDK image, which is pre-installed on everybody's operating system on elementary OS, will include you know all the core libraries, all the dependencies that are considered part of the platform. If you have a newer version of a dependency or something that's not included in that SDK, you can just bundle it in your uh, Flatpak itself. Now, what's really cool about this too, the, this is one reason Flatpak is incredible. If two different apps bundle the same dependency in their completely separate Flatpaks, uh, Flatpak is smart enough to actually deduplicate those on disk. So if you install, let's say, something uses a newer version of libgit to talk to git repositories. If you know, you're know you shipping a version in right. your app, which is newer than what's in the OS, but then there's another app that's also shipping that same version without any work from the developers. Developers include it like normal. Flatpak will actually realize that those files are the same and deduplicate them on disk and on the as part of the download. So it'll actually wow. diff, against, diff against the local files on your file system. So when people see the size of Flatpaks because of some of that bundling, at first it looks like those files are really big because when you see a, you know, this app is 100 megabytes, that's the maximum possible size of the download. In practice, it's not going to download anywhere near 100 megabytes because you already have most of those bits on your computer. So it's only going to actually download the bits that are diffed from your local file system. That's a pretty big step forward, though. I mean, you know, something my Mac days of doing Mac development. One of the nice things about the way Mac OS handles applications is your binary compiles includes everything you need other than right. the system frameworks. But the downside of that is you probably had something called AF networking, which is a networking library, 400 times on your computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's one cool thing is like, in some ways it feels like, oh yeah, we're catching up to mobile operating systems. Yeah, we're catching up to other technologies. But in some ways we're really like so far ahead too. Like, Yeah, this seems pretty these, advanced. It's awesome. Like the actual packaging format is basically like a Git file tree. It's like, it's crazy stuff, but it's really, really cool. And it works really well. So what does the community need if they're interested in getting involved as a developer? Like what is step zero? Um, so it kind of depends on which side they want to get involved on. The first place we actually point people is like, make an app for App Center. Like you got sure. an idea, you know, you just want to make like something to, you know, scratch your own itch, uh, make an app. And that helps you get, like we have really good developer documentation over at uh, developer.elementary.io. And it helps you get from, you know, just having an idea to actually building a, a functioning app you know, we walk you through how to do a hello world, how to use different system APIs, and then how to uh, uh, submit to App Center itself. You know, if you've worked on an app, like all of our elementary apps are built in the same way. We follow the same steps and the same rules and use the same APIs for our first party apps. So if you have at least dipped your toes into building a third party app, 
it's really easy then to look at the source code of one of our apps and get involved and, and help development there as well. And all of our stuff's on GitHub, uh, github.com slash elementary. So your first party apps are themselves open source? Yes. Yeah. 100% of what we do at elementary is open source. Awesome. So anything else that is important for understanding App Center for everyone? I know you're having a big uh, sprint in Denver. That's going to be, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So it's uh, this coming Thursday is the first day. So it's then uh, seven days. We're going to be in Denver. Uh, we're working at you know a small venue. It's just a handful of people, but we're going to be working on the server-side infrastructure for App Center, the Flatpak, client-side stuff, basically all pieces of taking App Center from uh, being this Debian-based system to being a Flatpak-based system. So the client right now already supports Flatpak, and so you can already install Flatpaks in App Center, but we have to build out for App Center the back end for the whole store. Uh, oh, wow. So luckily, there's a lot of open source work already out there um, that we'll be leaning on pretty heavily. But there's, you know, we've got to put it all together, basically. Wow. So that's really awesome. So I guess, you know, I always ask the same question at the end of every one of these discussions. This is a tough one, Cassidy. So I brace for impact. Okay. All right. What does your uh, workstation look like? Right now, it's a little messy. Uh, I should rephrase. What do you run with like what oh, hardware or oh, software? Okay, yeah. I was like workstation, like physical. Okay. So, uh, you know, I am using elementary OS. Uh, I'm on 5.1 Hera and I think I might have a machine lying around running a very, very, very early build of elementary OS six, maybe. But yeah, I'm running elementary OS. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Are you a laptop guy, desktop guy, dock laptop guy? So yeah, I've got a Dell Precision laptop. It's the it looks like an XPS 15, but it's actually a Precision because okay. they had higher end processors. Right. And then I typically at home I go probably about half and half between using it like a docked laptop plugged into a 27 inch ultra sharp, and then just having it undocked on my lap on the couch or whatever. Nice, nice, very cool. All right, well, Cassidy James, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right.